Your stimulating talk radio. MileHighRadio.com Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant Good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And with us today, we have true social media royalty. We're going to be talking with Joel Calm. Hello, Joel. How are you? Hi, Deb. Well, I've never been called royalty before. That's a Mm -hmm. first. Well, you know, you're the king. We're just going to, we are going to anoint you right now. So, you know, here, here waves my magic sword. You are the king of social media. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Uh, I am honored. And in the spirit of a true uh, king, I, I step down from my throne and, and lift all my subjects up to the same level as me. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, we're all the same. We're just people trying to... Uh, to figure out our way, and in the social media realm, it's an ongoing experiment, and we're all part of it. Right. You and, and I think that's one of the cool things about social media is it is pretty much something that levels the playing field. You know, we can be on the same platform as, you know, a Ford Motor Company or Starbucks or, you know, the, the guy down the street. So I think that's what's so cool about social media. And for those few people who might not know who you are, let's, let me go ahead and, and give a bio about you. Of course, Joel's bio is very long, and so I'm going to use the, the abbreviated bio that he has in his newest book, which we'll be talking about. But um, here is, is Joel. He is a New York Times best-selling author, internationally known speaker, and internet pioneer. He's been online since 1995 and has inspired, equipped, and entertained millions of people through his websites, software products, books, training, and broadcasts. Before this book that we're going to talk about in just a moment, he also wrote The AdSense Code, What Google Never Told You About Making Money with AdSense. Click here to order stories of the world's most successful Internet marketing entrepreneurs. Twitter Power, How to Dominate Your Market One Tweet at a Time. And Kaching, How to Run an Online Business That Pays and Pays. So welcome, Joel. Well, thanks. And, you know, when you read that, it's like, wow, I've been busy. How did I manage to get all that done? You know, and when I look at your your bio on your website, which is joelcom.com, it really is a very long and detailed bio. And, you know, most people would think that you have to be about, oh, say, 94. And But I know that you're much younger than that. So you have just been somebody who is very driven um, to be successful. And I want to talk about that a little bit because I think part of that is – who you've kind of surrounded yourself with and the fact that you're continually learning and, and things like that. So let's jump in and talk about your newest book. And then, you know, we'll get back to talking about social media. But Joel's newest book is called, So What Do You Do? Discovering the Genius Next Door with One Simple Question. I finished reading it last night. I was on vacation. And, and so it was something that I read. I really liked it because it's a book about Asking people, you know, we go to these networking events, we meet people at barbecues, wherever, and we say, so do, so what do you do? And these stories in this book are about people who have changed thousands of lives 
or maybe just change lives of the people around them. But they have very powerful stories. And, you know, I, it was just, it was a great read and I really enjoyed it. But what, you know, this is a little bit different from what you've normally been writing about, Joel. So what made you decide to write about this? Well, it is. You know, whenever uh, I speak, whatever the subject matter has been, whether it's teaching people how to make money with their content, monetize it with AdSense, do social media, mobile apps, every, everything has this common theme, which underneath uh, is that everybody is created by God with unique set of mm-hmm. passions, mm-hmm. talents, skills, abilities, personality that make them completely different from everybody else, and I believe everybody's designed to bring a unique value right. to the world around them. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we do ask that question frequently. Immediately after we meet somebody, somebody inevitably says, so what do you do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's almost treated as tritely as how are you fine, you know, how right. are you mm-hmm. fine. But if we stop and listen to what people tell us, we get a glimpse into their soul, right? We get mm-hmm. a glimpse into what they're really all about. And I feel like um, the Chicken Soup for the Soul books were really inspiring, but mm-hmm. the next level to that is inspiration with entrepreneurship mm-hmm. that brings together, you know, common themes for me. And so I've been on a bit of a sabbatical for most of 2011, 2012, and when I was asked to speak earlier this year, I didn't have new products or new stories to talk about, but I did have 18 years of experience. And I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, if I could help some people through the power of association, be part of a project that I'm in and elevate them, tell their story, let them inspire and train and equip people, it would be a really cool thing. And Mm -hmm. that's what we ended up doing. We've got 46 geniuses. That's what I call people Mm -hmm. because when we're expressing that thing, we're letting our own genius flow, and it, it's great because you know you've got three, four pages of this story, and it you know it it, it awakens this part of you, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get another story, and, and it's not just inspiration, but it's also people bringing value about life and business. Right, you know, and and you know some of the stories, well, they're they're all very moving, and some of them talk about really people who have made a huge difference. Um, you know, and and then there are you know like one of my favorites, I have to admit, was the Dull Men's Club. I just thought that was very <laughs> very funny. You know, and and but yeah. a lot of the stories, they're all about people who believe in themselves. You know, and, and maybe didn't start out that way for whatever reason. You know, whether it was bad relationships or abusive parents or, you know, there was one story about a young woman who was overweight. And, you know, then they kind of found themselves and became these entrepreneurs. And whether they're changing the world or just changing their very small part of the world, I think that's what I took most out of the book was having faith in yourself and what you can do. Right. Well, there's so many stories of overcomers, you know, people growing up in circumstances that were not the most nurturing, you mm-hmm. know, certainly is uh, is a common theme, whether it's because of parents or whether they didn't have parents or whether they were bullied or they were overweight, and you know, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is, is those struggles that we have, we can all identify with the struggle and we can identify with how that struggle has shaped us and molded mm-hmm. us. Right. And to be able to then speak to others who might be going through something similar. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I think that's part of the why. You know, there's a lot of 
things we can't say, well, why did this happen to me, and have answers that are satisfying, but we do have a choice about what we do with what we've learned right. mm-hmm. navigating those experiences. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and some of the stories, you know, that they, they had great teachers and great mentors and great parents. And, you know, so that's what I liked. It, it, you know, it was this good mix of stories about people who, you know, got to where they were for whatever reason. And, and then I think what was very interesting is they all are still looking forward. You know, what are they going to do next? You know, none of them are resting on their laurels. And I like that too. You know, it's not that, Hey, I've, I've succeeded. And so this is great. It's I've been successful. So what am I going to do next? And more importantly, how can I help people? And I think that really was one of the overriding themes was, you know, how people could help other people. Right. You know, we want to make a difference. And, you know, it's funny because I look back at what I've done and I am interested in changing the world. I'm not interested mm-hmm. in it. If I changed it at all so far, great, but it doesn't really matter because it's what I do today and it's what I do next that mm-hmm. matters most to me. And I want to keep growing personally and professionally uh, in, in making a, a greater and greater impact. And so mm-hmm. we have to look forward and we have to be asking ourselves, what am I doing now to make an impact? Mm-hmm. You know, and now as I was reading the book, one of the things that struck me was wondering where you found all of these terrific people. Um, I believe that Sheila, with traveling around the world, is your mother. Um, but yeah, she was did... easy to find. <laughs> I know she was easy, and and it was it was a very cool story uh, to find out her, and, and I'm you know definitely going to have to read more about her. I should have read you know her blog before we went to Alaska. I'm sure there would have been lots of great tips. Um, yeah. But how did you find these people? Because they're all over everywhere. They are all over the place. And earlier this year, I had the opportunity to speak at uh, several live events. And it was at those mm-hmm. events that I asked people to apply to be a, a part of the project and, and took a number of applications and weeded out some that I felt weren't a good fit for uh, mm-hmm. where I was personally and professionally and asked the others to uh, to join me. And, you know, there's there's no shortage of people that want to tell their story. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, and there's no shortage of people that are interested in having an impact, which is why I'm, I'm actually considering doing a second edition because mm-hmm. there are so many people that, you know, totally different stories, inspiring people in a completely different way. And uh, that's something I'm pondering for 2014. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, the the other thing that really struck me was, you know, as I go to these networking things, and, and you mentioned this kind of at the start, we say this, so what do you do? And they say, oh, I do, blah, blah, blah. And that's as far as we go with it. And we don't really stop to say, no, really, what do you do? Or why do you do it? Or how did you get there? And, you know, I think that the title of your book is so perfect because it's, you know, the genius is next door. You know, we're surrounded by these people who do fabulous right. things and we never take the time to, to even check them out. Um, my, my true next door neighbors are two of those people who do some fabulous things. They're very involved in an organization called Mission, Mission Vale USA, which is a nonprofit organization that helps the underprivileged in South Africa. And just, you know, learning about what they do and and it really does just take you know sitting down having a glass of wine a cup of coffee something like that you know to me they're just my next door neighbors but then i find out what they do and it's like wow you know and and so how many people out there have those people in their lives that they've never taken the time to really stop and and find out about 
Well, right. We get so uh, self-focused on our mm-hmm. lives and our sphere and our circle, but it's true. We're surrounded by geniuses, and, and we're all part of something bigger than ourselves. And it's really funny because a lot of people take that opportunity when somebody when they're asked, so what do you mm-hmm. do? And they just they answer it very directly and almost blandly. I right. sell copiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I'm like, you know, the elevator speech should not be designed to be the end of the story. Mm-hmm. The elevator speech it should be designed to be the beginning. So uh, when people ask me what I do, well, mm-hmm. it gets overwhelming because, okay, what do I do? I train social media? Do I teach people how to make money online? That sounds so boring. So instead, people ask me that, and I say, I peel onions. And ah. the, the, they, it, it, it leads them to question, wait, what? You make people mm-hmm, cry? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, right. sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. But that question itself, that answer itself leads people to peel my onion, right? right? To ask mm-hmm. me, what does that mean? What is it you do? And I talk about what I then do in terms of discovering what, helping people discover what their passions are and getting mm-hmm. focused on bringing value to the world around them. Mm-hmm. Your elevator speech should be the beginning of the discussion. Right. And I think the tricky thing is so many times we're not paying attention because we're waiting to be able to say what we do. You know, and and that's where listening really comes in. Um, you know, and, and having that tricky little thing with, you know, like you said, I peel onions. I'm, you know, that's going to stop me from immediately saying, oh, well, I do because I'm thinking, what? What what did you just say? And you know, and, and it really does and it's not that you're wanting to talk more about yourself, but it's more about, as you said, engaging in those conversations. And 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 as you talk, then it's going to peel their layers of the onion too. Right. And it's exasperating to answer what I do. I actually mm-hmm. uh as a result of being asked that question, I had my graphic designer put together a biographic which is mm-hmm. an infographic of my biography. If people go uh-huh. to joltown.com and click the entrepreneur link, you could see this history of the things that I have done. Mm-hmm. But what I've done is not what I do, right? What I'm doing right. now is different mm-hmm. than what I've done, and it changes and transmogrifies mm-hmm. to borrow from Calvin and Hobbes. And, <laughs> and you're right. We have two ears and one mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here because I do have to, I talk a lot. I use my mouth a lot. I'm a communicator and a public speaker and an author and a blogger. And so I, I communicate, but slowing down long enough to listen to what somebody else is trying mm-hmm. to communicate and seeing into that, that soul of what mm-hmm. they're really all about can be a, a powering moment, both for you and for them. Right. You know, and, and, and we do get caught up in that, you know, we just want to see how many people we can meet at a networking thing and hand out our business card, you know, X number of times. And we forget that there are so many very powerful stories. And maybe it's not a story. Maybe just somebody needs to talk about the fact that, you know, they they helped an old lady with her groceries the other day or, you know, all of those things. But that's what makes them somebody I'd want to work with more than just I sell copy machines. Um, right. you know, and, and so it's, and it, it, it is about asking the right questions too. Um, you know, and, and not just letting them get away with I sell copy machines. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great one for somebody who, um, looks for opportunities to help others. When that's mm-hmm. what they do, they can say, I, I look for opportunities to walk little old ladies across the street. Right. Mm-hmm. And and people are thinking, well, that's not a 
career. That's not an occupation. What are you, a Boy Scout? Well, that's going to lead to more questions. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and I think that's a, a good tip for everyone who is listening is to think about what does your elevator speech say? I mean, if, if it bores you, then it's going to bore somebody else. So, you know, or what would interest you when, when you're talking to them? You know, so how can you twist that into, you know, or revise what you've got into something that really is interesting? Well, right. And even if what you do is interesting, if you give away the farm in that mm-hmm. one answer, right. then you're putting a paragraph at the end of the, the story. You're mm-hmm. putting a period there, and you're, and now people know everything they need to know. But do they mm-hmm. really? So come up with an intriguing way to share what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. Great. You know, and, and so let's evolve now back into social media because I think this is, you know, getting people interested is, is what it's all about. You know, it's about having the communications with people, having those conversations, not just posting and posting and posting. And, um, I actually heard you speak when I still lived back in Colorado and, and this was several years ago and someone had convinced me, you know, the, the lovely and talented Gina Shrek, um, had said, Oh, you have to use Twitter. And I thought, Oh, <laughs> what the heck is Twitter? And 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 Why, I actually really? I know I'm like ew. I and and then I heard you speak and I bought your book and and I'll admit I'm still not a huge Twitter devotee, but one of the things that struck me and this has been three years ago at least was you said you can't just post on Twitter to post. It has to be about having conversations. And I believe the example you gave was something along the lines of, you know, people are always posting, I just ate a jelly donut. And we all go, so what? And you said, post, I just had a jelly donut. What's your favorite donut? And that struck me, you know, and, and it's, it's wherever you are on social media, it's about having those conversations with people. It really is, and just I actually remember that, and uh, it was chocolate. I wouldn't eat a jelly donut, but I'm, it's <laughs> funny that that's stuck in your mind, and I have a hunch that you like jelly. No, would you, do you like chocolate jelly would be my no? pick. Okay. Chocolate would be my pick. Okay, well, there you go. Then we're, we're cut from the same cloth mm-hmm. there. And, you know, I had already written the first edition of Twitter Power, and mm-hmm. at that time when I wrote it, I think it had 5,000 followers. And everybody right. thought, oh, my gosh, that's so many. Uh-huh. And it was after that I had written that book that I learned something new. And, of course, I'm always learning new things. And, and it was posting this picture of a couple chocolate donuts and asking mm-hmm. people what their favorite was that taught me something. I got more responses and answers to that silly, mundane question mm-hmm. than I had just about anything else that I would posted in the last few months. Right. And what it taught me is that it, there's this point of connection that takes place uh, when we cast a wide net. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't like donuts? You know, there's a few people, right. but it, it, there's pretty much wide appeal. We all agree that donuts are tasty. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, what it did is it let people know, hey, look, I'm a regular guy. I like donuts. Look at my stomach. Can't you tell? Of course, it's <laughs> gone since then. But, uh, and, and they connected with me on that, and it was endearing. Joel, mm-hmm. I like chocolate donuts, I like jelly, I like long jumps, I like bear claws, whatever. Uh, so there is a lot of power in these mundane tweets. Mm-hmm. It, it creates a point of connection and common identification for people. So, you know, it, we don't need to know that you're going to the bathroom. Honestly, that's a little too much. 
Right. Uh, you know, posting, you know, talking about what your dog just did or mm-hmm. posting a picture of, uh, you know, you, the meal you just got served at some wonderful restaurant. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, mm-hmm. it's sharing even the seemingly insignificant parts of life that creates connection. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's all about that connection that makes people want to do business with you or befriend you. Um, and I say that with the little F as in, you know, actually go out and, and meet people with friends as opposed to the capital F on Facebook. You know, we, we want to know those little things about people. And, and you're right. You know, so many times people do too much information and, and I don't want to know, you know, every mundane detail, but you know, some of those things are, are really funny. You know, I was at a dog show last week and so I posted a couple of pictures from there and, and it was funny. Then other people were posting pictures of their dogs and you know, it, they weren't at the show. It was just, Ooh, you know, look, Deb likes dogs. And so then we get into those conversations with people. And to me, that's what social media is all about. And I think that's where so many businesses and business owners, entrepreneurs miss out. Um, they think they have to be selling all of the time. So, you know, what, what do you tell people who are, are really stuck? You know, they think social media isn't working for them. Uh, well, it's not that social media doesn't work for them. It's that they're not working social media. Right. It's like saying uh, it, what it is. It's like going to a big networking event and either standing in the corner where mm-hmm. you're not interacting with anybody, being the wallflower, mm-hmm. or the other way that people fail at it is you walk up to a group of people and say, hey, my name is uh, Larry Smith, and I sell vacuum cleaners. Who wants to buy a vacuum cleaner? Mm-hmm. And, every, you know, you just interrupted the conversation. These mm-hmm. people don't know you, and your first entry point into the dialogue is, I want to sell you something. Mm-hmm. Without any regard for the discussion that's taking place, without any interest in the people who are having the discussion, or without any concern for the needs of the people having the discussion. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if social isn't working, it's because you're not being real. Mm-hmm. And it's a four-step process. It's like me, know me, trust me, pay me in that mm-hmm. order, not the other way around. And social media, it's older than Twitter and Facebook. I mean, heck, if we go back to the early days of online activity before the web, we had chat rooms. Mm-hmm. There's nothing right. new there. Social networking then. And take away um, computers and technology, and let's just go back to Adam and Eve and the first mm-hmm. two people when they – interacted with each other and communicated, they were sharing the very same principles of social media. It's as old as human beings. It's about relationship. It's about Mm -hmm. value. It's about the dialogue and the conversation. And when people try to categorize social uh, online in a different way and figure out what are the tips, how do we, you know, strategically get more people to follow us, Mm -hmm. it's really I could, you know, if I was going to rewrite Twitter Power today, um, I could probably do it in 140 characters or less. <laughs> it would be the shortest book, and mm-hmm. it would just be being for people. Mm-hmm. Right. And don't treat it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think so many people think social media is a platform. You know, they're not just going up and, and interrupting the conversation. They're doing it by picking up the microphone and, and, and shouting. And then they right. don't understand why people are turned off. You know, they, and it's funny because people might not 
not like your page or unfollow you and do all of those things, but they don't interact with you anymore. And so that's where some people get caught up. Um, You know, I I love the people who say, I have 10,000 followers because then I say, and, and they look at me and, and I say, you know, what do those 10,000 people do now? Obviously they're not all going to interact. They're not going to share, retweet, you know, do whatever. But if you have 10,000 fans and nothing ever happens with even a small percentage of those 10,000 fans, you're not doing something right. Or, or maybe it's not the right platform for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's different audiences have uh, different levels of success. But, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm having a struggle with Google+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I've not put into it the effort that I've put into the others, but I, something like 22,000 people have me in circles, mm-hmm. which sounds like a big number. Great. Perhaps it is. I don't know. But when I post on Google+, Plus, uh, it's, it's almost like crickets. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that I get pluses or interaction, mm-hmm. and right. it, it, perhaps it's just not my audience, and that's mm-hmm. okay. You know, you you know, you, we don't go to uh, the networking events for people that are in completely different industries than ours. We seek to connect with people that are in, in life, mm-hmm. and right. so uh, you know, Facebook and Twitter are, are better venues for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is one of the things I tell people when they come to me is, you know, I, I say. Go to where first you're comfortable. You know, so maybe you've been using Facebook a lot. Well, okay, then that's where you should start promoting yourself. You know, don't jump into Twitter, Google Plus, Pinterest, wherever, if that's not a space that you're comfortable with, because it, that will show almost immediately. You won't know, you know, kind of the how to post, you know, how to do all those various things. I really like the people who, you know, have absolutely no idea how to post on Twitter. And so they just have something that is automatically fed there and, it's way too long and, and, you know, so then it, it gets truncated and, and all of those things. And so the, the true Twitter people are looking at it going, ugh. <laughs> but, you know, go where you like first. And it may be that's the only place you need to be. Um, I had somebody right. tell me the other day she was stopping using social media because she was overwhelmed. You know, she was posting on Twitter and she was posting on Facebook and she was posting on LinkedIn. And, you know, poor thing, she got all red in the face just trying to tell me where all she was posting. And I looked at her and I said, stop. Pick one. And she said, really? I can just do it on one? And I said, sure. If that works, that's great. You know, if it doesn't work, well, then you have to reevaluate. But, you know, if it works well, you might not need to go anywhere else. You can consider it once you've got that one under your belt. But don't think you have to do it all. Absolutely. Think about, you know, if we went to every networking event that we made available to us, we wouldn't stop in our local areas. We'd go throughout our city, in our mm-hmm. state, and we'd be traveling all around the world because right. there's a networking event taking place. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's insanity. You mm-hmm. can't do it all. Why put that pressure on yourself? Right. And so I, I tell people, it just as you do, use social media in a way that works for you. Mm-hmm. Because if it becomes work, if it becomes a burden, right. how authentic are you going to be? Unless you're just complaining all the time about how much of a burden social media is on mm-hmm. social media. Right. And, and it's funny because you can read people's posts and tell when it has become that burden. Um, you know, just as you can, you know, you walk up to someone at a networking thing and say, hi, my name is, and I do. And you're thinking they would rather be anywhere else in the world other than here. And you immediately disconnect from them. You know, it's the same right. thing online. 
It, it really is. And if you're not into it, then don't do it. There's days I don't post anything mm-hmm. at all. And there's this little, you know, voice in the back of my head going, you should be doing this. And I try <laughs> not to should on myself. And I ask, mm-hmm. I tell other people, don't should on yourself either. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody should on you right. about what you should be doing. Just do what's organic. Do what's natural. How mm-hmm. often do I treat? As often as you want to. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, well, what about my Facebook fan page? How often should I be promoting it? As often as I want to. Mm-hmm. But but there's Pinterest and Instagram and, and there's LinkedIn and there's YouTube and, and I've got to be doing all this. I'm like, oh my gosh, go take a vacation. Again, preaching to the choir because I, you know, I, I end up doing this to myself as well. Mm-hmm. I haven't got it all out. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to fully right. live it. Mm-hmm. Seeking to live it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and we do should ourselves. You know, I was on vacation last week and I was thinking, oh, I should go to my page. I should post. And then... For some reason, the, the the powers that be decided I shouldn't be because my iPad wouldn't connect to the Wi-Fi. And I thought, eh, okay. <laughs> but it, it is something where we do get caught up. Um, you know, and, and then we read the studies that say, for your Facebook post to be read by most people, you should post between 10 p.m. and midnight. And, you know, obviously there's scheduling programs, but then we're thinking, <gasps> 10 p.m. Well, you know, I'm sorry. If that's not when your followers are online, why the heck are you doing that? Exactly. I I don't get it. it it's too much strategy, too mm-hmm. many tactics. Uh, you know, I, I've discovered that the people who are most successful in the social space are the ones that are just the most authentic. Right. And you post what you post, and people mm-hmm. who are going to be drawn to you are going to know this is when you post, or maybe mm-hmm. it'll pop up is a surprise during a different hour. Right. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you just can get the paralysis of analysis around the whole mm-hmm. thing and it's just not worth it. You're right. And, you know, and, and people, it, it's funny, you know, now that I'm in Atlanta, I, it's a two hour difference in Colorado and I spent, you know, a long part of my life up until the last year and a half in Colorado. So, you know, that's where still the majority of my contacts are. And and the people who care about what I post know that it's going to be a two-hour difference. So, you know, they might have to look back a little bit or, you know, things like that. And and I do take into account that, you know, there it's a time change. But I don't get all that caught up in it. If they want to find the information, they'll find the information. If they don't, well, you know, that's okay, too. Right. Yeah, it, it just it, – and it, it really amazes me that we even talk so much about social media when it really is back to the basics. I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, will we still be having these conversations in five, ten years, or will people be over it and, and understand it? I think we'll be on to something else. You know, it's it, things will have evolved. You know, all these people that, it, it's funny, I do not invest in social media. I My money, that is. You know, I don't buy stock in, you know, all of those various things. Just because, you know, they're, they're what I think is something that is not a long term. Now, you know, do we hope it's there? Sure. But there's also going to be so many other things that come up. Um, you know, and, and so you can't get vested in, I'm going to do all of my marketing on Facebook and only Facebook. Okay. <laughs> That's great. But when the next big thing comes along, you need to be ready for it. Well, it's a huge mistake to build your platform on somebody else's platform, right. no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Your, your blog, your website, the dot com you own, your store, mm-hmm. that is your platform. 
and everything that you do in social uh, should serve to drive people right. to that because mm-hmm. you never know when you're going to get cut off mm-hmm. on you know Facebook or when they say, uh, hey, by the way, even though you've got 100,000 likes on your page, you can only reach 10,000 of them without mm-hmm. paying us money. Oh, right. they already do that. Yes, mm-hmm. they do. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Sponsored posts. <laughs> we, yeah, sponsored posts. So you can't even reach the people that say that uh, they're interested in hearing from you because of their entering formula. And I, you know, I'm pretty sure that Twitter will end up going the same way in some mm-hmm. respect. And so what are you to do? Well, if you're just building on their platform, you're going to end up having close to nothing at some mm-hmm. point. I mean, that's sad, but it's true. Right. Well, amazingly, we are at the bottom of the hour, so we're going to go ahead and, and take a quick break so that our sponsors will be happy. Um, and when we come back, let's talk more about strategies for some of the specific platforms and you know a little bit more about your, your various books and, and how people can reach you. So I am Deb Creer talking with Joel Calm, and we will be back in just a couple moments. Thank you for being a friend. Great shows, great music, milehighradio.com. What are you listening to? Hi, Chris here from Yabana Gluten-Free Bakery. Do you get gas, bloating, cramping, or worse when you eat items with wheat, barley, or rye? You may be dealing with celiac, gluten intolerance, or a gluten allergy. Experts estimate that up to 40% of us need to avoid gluten. At Yumbana, we bake the best-tasting gluten-free items hands down. For two years, I've been perfecting our recipes to be tasty and moist instead of dry and crumbly. We use nothing artificial, and we ELISA test our products to be sure they're truly gluten-free. So no matter if you're a super-sensitive celiac or someone who feels better staying away from gluten, stop tooting your gluten and visit our online store today. Go to yumbanashop.com. That's Y-U-M-B-A-N-A. S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. We ship worldwide, and if you live in the Castle Rock area of Colorado, delivery is free. Save 10% when you enter the coupon code MILEHIGHRADIO. YumbanaShop.com. This offer is void where prohibited. Resort selections and reservations are subject to availability. This ad is used for the purpose of soliciting the sale of timeshare interests. If you've got two hours to spare, we've got a world of fun to share. Take your family on a magnificent four-day, three-night vacation to either Orlando or Las Vegas. Valued at more than $700, you pay just $159 total. Yes, just $159 for four days and three nights. Diamond Resorts International is making this special offer just so you can experience our brilliant Diamond Class accommodations. It's not just a standard hotel room, but a spacious suite. Discover Diamond Resorts International with an informative presentation about what makes our famous vacation ownership accommodations such amazing vacations. Call right now to see if you qualify for this amazing vacation and a $100 Visa gift card and to hear additional restrictions and details. Call 800-542-9072. That's 800-542-9072. Maharadio. For being a friend, travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true, 
And we are back. I'm Deb Creer, and we are talking with Joel Calm. And let's take a step back, Joel, to find out a little bit about why you got started in all of this. And I just forgot something about your bio that I was just reading as we were at the break. You created one of, if not the most app, most popular iPhone apps of all time. And I remember hearing about this. Tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> it's just well, funny. I think this is fun. It, it is funny. I just hope that it's not the thing that's on my tombstone. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, back when, um, when Apple came out with the iPhone, I was mm-hmm. one of the ones that bought the $600 one. No problem. Loved it. Mm-hmm. And when they um, announced they were making the development kit available so people could make apps, I immediately knew that I wanted to make applications for the iPhone. And I pulled my team to the conference room, and we began brainstorming. We had one of the first 1,000 apps into the App Store. It's mm-hmm. called iVote. But that's not the one you're talking about. No, the one it's you're not. Talking about, it was a, a novelty application that came out in December 2008, almost five years ago, and it is called the iFart Mobile. Yep, <laughs> I'm that guy. Um, I definitely your mother the is app so store. proud. <laughs> she actually is. She's very proud. I paved the way for all kinds of uh, infantile, juvenile applications that would inevitably have come out on their own anyhow. I'm certainly not the only person that thought right. this would mm-hmm. be funny. The uh, the unique thing is not that we developed this novelty application. It's that it was a huge hit, and it was mm-hmm. number one in the App Store for three weeks. got me all kinds of international publicity and media, TV, and blogs, and newspapers, uh, literally around the world. And uh, I guess you can say we made a bit of a stink. <laughs> well, and the reason, though, I wanted to bring it up is it really does show your entrepreneurial spirit and that you have been in this realm of Internet marketing and, you know, things like that for a very long time, you know, since pretty much since Al Gore invented the, the Internet. Why did you decide that this was something that you wanted to do? Uh, you know, I'm curious. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm distracted by bright, shiny objects. I like mm-hmm. to play. I'm a, you know, a big kid at heart. And it was interesting to me. Uh, everything that I've done, if you look at my biographic, you'll see, you know, I built a multiplayer game site because I was into playing games. Mm-hmm. I built my first website because I was into software, uh, in, in reviewing games and educational software for my kids. I mm-hmm. uh, created an iPhone application because I thought the iPhone was cool. I created a coupon site back in 1999, mm-hmm. one of the first bargain hunting sites, because I enjoyed saving money online. And mm-hmm. the, the list just goes on, right? I didn't, I didn't set out to write a best-selling book on making money with Google AdSense. I made money with Google AdSense, and then I thought it would be interesting to share my strategies with mm-hmm. other people, and that resonated with them because I had gone before. And the list of those types of niches that I've been in, goes on and it's been because I'm interested in it and I'm invested in it and I think other people are going to find it interesting as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's the, the lesson that everybody needs to, to really learn is, you know, it, it might not be the best thing, might, you know, might not work out, 
but you should learn from it and, and go on to the next thing, but always be kind of looking for that next thing. You know, whatever your industry is, it doesn't matter if you make widgets. You know, what is the next widget that is going to be needed? And the second you get complacent, that's when life gets boring. Um, you know, and, and to me, that's why I really like social media because it is continually daily ah, evolving. I mean, you know, you log in and you're not quite sure if things are going to be moved. You know, I couldn't post pictures on Facebook today. I was like, Oh, holy cow. Um, you know, and, and so that, that really is to me part of the fascination. I know for other people, that's what makes it really scary. You know, they want to know that when they go in, it looks exactly the same and it's going to do, oh. you know, what it was. Well, it doesn't even work that way on LinkedIn and Google Plus. I mean, you know, they they don't tweak those sites very often. But, you know, what they're trying, and you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, is they really are trying to make the user experience better. It just, you know, is is difficult sometimes in keeping up with some of those changes. You know, it's funny because my my new podcast episode uh, came out today and mm-hmm. yeah, I do a life segment and a business segment and in my life segment I talked about the one unavoidable act of life, the thing mm-hmm. that you cannot run or hide from, and that is change. Right. It's just it's going to happen. Nothing stays the same. So just get used to it mm-hmm. and embrace that change when it comes and kind of go with the flows. Get in right. the stream, swim whatever direction it's flowing, and mm-hmm. boy, I'm just chock full of metaphors today, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday. You know, you, you've stored them up all weekend. <laughs> It's metaphor Monday. That's it. That's it. You know, and, and even your own, you know, your, your business websites, you do have much more control over those, but you need to be looking at things to change with it. You know, I, I was looking at your site and I thought, Oh, I need to add my clout score. Now my clout score is not as good as yours. It's, it's lower. It's in the, the high sixties, but you know, I, that's something that I need to go back in and, and add to my website. Yeah, you know, and it's fun. I, I play with my site and I add mm-hmm. things from time to time and then I wonder if I'm adding too much and I try not to get bogged down in it. But, you know, I poured, <clears throat> I went from a movable type, which my blog was on almost 10 ah. years, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I moved it to WordPress. And mm-hmm. that change was voluntary, but as a result of that, my mm-hmm. organic traffic fell dramatically. Oh, no. Well, what am I going to do? Am mm-hmm. I going to sit around and, and fret about it and, mm-hmm. you know, bite my nails? And no, it's just, it is the way it is, and it's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll just keep creating content and trust that uh, it'll build up again over time. Mm-hmm. And right. if Google hates me, well, then so be it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think that's what people need to realize is, is as you said, change happens. You know, you can either panic or you can fix it, you know, figure out what happened and, and if you can fix it. But, you know, running around like a chicken with your head cut off, see, look, I'm going to get my own metaphors in here, you know, is is not going to help. So, you know, that to me, and like I said, that's why I like social media is it is continually evolving. It's continually changing. But it is a challenge then for business owners who are trying to figure out how to do it, especially, you know, I'm on online all the time. You know, it's funny. People always ask me, well, how much are you on Facebook all day? What well, it's on all the time. Am I reading it? No, but it's, it's there, you know, and so I'm, I'm not a good judge and, and any, you know, any business owner would panic if they knew how much time I was on online, if they thought they had to, to do the same thing. But, you know, it, it is something that, that is continually changing and continually evolving. And, you know, 
things change. I'm, I, I, somewhere, I think I still have a MySpace account. I'm, I sure I couldn't log into it because I wouldn't know what it is. So, you know, in five years, who knows what we have? You know, it, it will change. But that brings me to a question. So if you could only use one, what would you use? Uh, probably Facebook. I find oh. that, uh, yeah, I find that I get the most interaction and engagement mm-hmm. with the people that I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, on Facebook, I have a friend page, a regular mm-hmm. Facebook page. Right. Mm-hmm. And at one point years ago, uh, you know, when it was all new and shiny, everybody friend, refriended everybody that friended them. And before you mm-hmm. know it, we were at our 5,000 friend limit. And mm-hmm. then they came out with fan pages. Right. And so I began directing people to my fan page. And then I realized mm-hmm. that I had no more room for new people, new friends that I actually knew. And mm-hmm. my Facebook page was clogged with about 4,000 people that I had never met, <laughs> never heard of, never mm-hmm. interacted mm-hmm. with. And so I was one of the first people to unfriend everybody. Right. And I blogged about it. And caught mm-hmm. it. I did the same thing on Twitter because mm-hmm. I followed everybody back. I unfriended everybody. Mm-hmm. And then I refriended and refollowed the people that I actually knew mm-hmm. and had some sort of relationship, which is what right. Facebook intended in the first place anyway. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I, I am able to keep in touch with the people that I actually know on mm-hmm. a broad scale uh, more easily on Facebook than anything else. Right. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not a huge fan of EdgeRank. The fan pages do not have the impact I think they were intended to have. You have mm-hmm. to spend money, which I do some advertising, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of what brings me the most value, I would say it's Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the same for me. I like Facebook and part of it is now my, my first venture really was Twitter. I mean, that was where I started in social media. But, you know, if you can't tell by now, it's really hard for me to do anything in 140 characters. So, you know, Facebook for me is, is better because I can write more and I can share more. Um, you know, I, I like that the picture shows, you know, all of those various things. Um, you know, and, and I do have both. I have a business page and, and my personal page. My, my personal page is not strictly personal. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people that believes that, you know, everything is public, you know, and, and my mother is going to read it. A potential business partner is going to read it, all those various things. So I never put anything on my, my personal Facebook page that I wouldn't want the world to see. But you're right. It is where I can connect more with my friends, you know, and I tell them happy birthday and I, you know, send them cards that way. And, and, you know, I, I do the, the business things on LinkedIn, but Facebook is where I enjoy it more. It is. And, you know, something you mentioned there brings up a great point. There's too many people that overshare mm-hmm. and that um, really just play out their drama on Facebook. And that's not what it's for. You don't right. go into, you know, the, the city public square in your city and battle it out with, you know, somebody. Why would you do it on Facebook where even more people could pay attention and you could become the subject of a what not to do case study? Uh-huh. Oh, you know, and, and a, a little common sense, you know. Yeah, you know, and we see that every day. You know, I think, oh, too much oversharing. And and sometimes it's not, you know, that it's it's too 
intimate of details. Sometimes it is, you know, okay, we didn't need the hundred pictures of your vacation. You know, one or two would be great and, you know, all of those things. But it, it's funny. It brought me back to thinking about one of the, the uh, people you profiled in your book, and I can't remember his name right now, but you had mentioned it earlier that it's, you know, no like trust and then spend money with. He said it's no like trust and respect. And I think that mm. respect thing we can lose on social media. Um, and, and I'll be honest. I mean, there are people that I would not do business with, would not refer business to based on what they've posted on Facebook. Um, and, and the bad part right. is they might have been being sarcastic. They might have been being funny, you know, thought provoking, but I just don't like what I've seen there. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter if it's the too much information or the political rants or, um, you know, if they don't like, I am, I am a Colorado person until I die. And so if somebody says something about Peyton Manning, I'm going to get really annoyed. Um, you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, it's, it really is a place where we earn people's respect just as much as we do out in the real world. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when I watch a lot of people, especially kids, mm-hmm. um, playing out drama or, you know, some of these college students posting pictures that they just don't understand. This is out mm-hmm. there forever. And uh, this can't come back to haunt you. There are, you know, there are people that when you go and apply for a job, your prospective employer goes and looks you mm-hmm. up. And right. they want to see what you've posted and what kind of person you are mm-hmm. when you're not in the interview. And I guarantee you that there are plenty of people who have not gotten hired for a job because of something that they put out there that made their employer take pause and go, do we mm-hmm. really right. want one person working for us? Mm-hmm. Don't be stupid. Don't mm-hmm. be stupid. But you're know, all stupid at some point, especially mm-hmm. when we're kids. You know, oh, we yeah. think we know everything. Mm-hmm. Well, and we also, it was funny, I had a, a guest on several months ago, the the uh, district attorney for Cobb County, where I now live, and he said, you know, any case that they're working on, they look at somebody's social media pages. And I was talking to a civil attorney, and he said, oh, yeah, his big thing is that they friend their clients because they don't want to be, you know, processing, say, you know, uh, an uh an accident, you know, somebody is suing someone else on behalf of an accident and, you know, they're posting Facebook pictures of them water skiing. You know, he said it, and he said it happens far more than you actually would like to think or believe. Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, so the world has changed dramatically in the last five years, the world has changed and, uh, you know, embrace and, and, you know, I talk to people who are like, I don't do social media at all. I don't like mm-hmm. it at all. Right. And you know what? That, don't do it. That, mm-hmm. That's great. Just mm-hmm. realize, especially if you're in business, that this is where your customer is. You can right. choose not mm-hmm. to be there, but mm-hmm. this is where your customer is. So you have to ask yourself, am I willing to make sacrifices to meet, to, to meet new prospects mm-hmm. and to meet the needs of my customer? And if you're right. not, hey, that's great. That's a decision, just realize there will be consequences to that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. your competition is there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it always comes down to whoever shows up is most likely to get the sale. Mm-hmm. Well, and how many times when you're meeting with someone for the first time, whether it's, you know, you're going to have coffee with them to talk about business or, you know, you know a variety of, of business things, even, you know, personal, you Google them. You know, you want to see what comes up. And if it's their Facebook page, you know, 
are, is it somebody you want to do business with or date or, you know, whatever, you know, I look at somebody's LinkedIn page, I, you know, and, and to me, that's really where my passion lies is in LinkedIn for business. And, and I'm just astounded when I go to people's business pages and they have say a personal photo that they, that they have there as opposed to a business photo, or you can tell that their profile hasn't been touched in three or four years or has typos in it. You know, that right there shows me that might not be somebody that I want to do business with. Right. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of clues out there and being human beings, we leave uh, clues everywhere we mm-hmm. go. Yeah. And it's, it's not hard to discover what somebody's really all about mm-hmm. based on their online activity. Well, and, you know, one of the things that I always tell people, especially somebody who is, say, in the job market, is Google yourself. What are people, you know, what is an HR person or somebody going to find? Um, you know, one of my favorites, I was giving a seminar one time to job seekers, and this man showed me his cover letter, and it was the funniest thing in the world. And he said he actually got a very positive response out of it. It said something along the lines of, when you Google me, which I know you will, please understand that I am not the person who murdered people. <laughs> <laughs> he had the same name as somebody else. And and he thought, you know, and, and he, he did have people say they found that and it gave them pause um, because it wasn't a very common name. And it was something where, you know, and, and so he just addressed it right up front. Now, you know, maybe that was a little too much, but he knew what was out there with somebody that had the same name. Yeah, and, and I'm fortunate that um, that's not a problem for me. I am the mm-hmm. only Joel Tom in the world, and, and I'm grateful for that. So if uh, if you Google me, you will uh, you'll find fact I'm in front of my computer right now, and I, I prefer Bing. Uh, there's currently 1.2 million results, and so you can be assured, you know I can be assured that those are me. But it is interesting to see what other people are saying, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and that's an important reason to, to follow up and see what's mm-hmm. on social media also. Definitely. You know, and, and there's only three Deb Creers. And so I'm, I'm lucky with that. The funny thing is all three of them, you know, my, my full name is Deborah. All three of us spell it the same way, which, you know, there are oh variations of Deborah. So that's, and one is actually in public relations. Um, you know, and, and, but yeah, you know, know what's out there about you and know that what you put on social media is there forever. And, you know, it's, it's never private. No, and it never goes away. It, it, right. it, it, when you say it's always there, it, I mean, you can delete um, some things immediately but in, you know, and edit some things. Mm-hmm. Now there's some more powerful tools, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, that anything set for any length of time, and it's going to get indexed and archived, and right. that's that. And there's certainly nothing that stops anybody from doing a screenshot or printing. Um, you know, I knew someone who lost her job because she had posted something very bad on Facebook, but she was only connected with her, and I'm putting this in air quotes, friends. And one of those friends was somebody she worked with and they printed what she had posted and took it in and reported her. Um, you know, and, and she was just astounded. And I said, <laughs> for one thing, she obviously wasn't your, your BFF. <laughs> And but right. it, it just really surprised her that something like that would happen. Oh yeah, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, yep. there's nothing new. People are people are still people. It doesn't matter about the venue, right? People are going to be who they are, and, and uh, we just need to accept it and get used to it. So the social world, I think people get this uh, idea that because they're behind their computer and they can't see other people, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they don't they don't get the vibe that they're near that anything goes. 
And mm-hmm. the people on the other end of every one of these machines, they're living, breathing individuals with hopes, dreams, fears, you mm-hmm. know, expectations, feelings. And, uh, and we have to be even more cautious about what we say because we lose body language. We lose tone and inflection. And we all know that a very small percentage of communication takes place through what is actually uh, said. And in this right. case, we don't even get to say it. It's written. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, you know, now that we've just scared all these business people off who were thinking, oh, I should use social media, but now I don't know what to do. You know, they need to realize, yes, it is public. But what, you know, if if someone walked up to you and said, Joel, you know, I know I should be using social media. I just don't know what to do or where to even start. What would you tell them? Well, you know, it's in my book, Twitter Power, Twitter Power 2.0, I kind of lay out a 30-day plan mm-hmm. for people that gets them involved slow and steady, nice mm-hmm. and easy, engaging in the conversation by following it, um, and sending people that you like, know, and trust, mm-hmm. people in your industry that you respect that you might not know personally, but you want to hear what they have to say. You know, on Twitter, you simply search for a hashtag, you know, pound sign, whatever your keyword is, whatever your interest. So maybe mm-hmm. you're into photography and you want to find great photographers on Twitter. So you search hashtag photography and you'll get results of people that are tweeting about photography. You read mm-hmm. what they have to say. Perhaps you'll uh, find a link that's useful and you can favorite that tweet or respond to them and tell them that you like what they said. Maybe you'll follow them. Maybe you'll ask them a question. Maybe you'll have an answer to a question that they're asking. It, it all begins with the discussion by entering into the dialogue. I, mm-hmm. you know, I've referred to social media uh, many times as this massive networking event, this huge party and you walk mm-hmm. into this room and in social media, there's hundreds of millions of people having conversations and they're in groups and these groups move from one end of the room to the other. And as you're walking through the room, you listen and you're picking up on conversation and you hear something that resonates with you, either because you're curious or you have an answer to something or because you have questions about it or you're just plain interested and you enter into that dialogue and now you become part of that circle. And as you bring value to the conversation, people begin listening to what you have to say. They get right. to know you. They get to like you. And as that happens and you continue bringing value, trust is built. And as trust is built, the next step is that automatically uh, a transaction, the, the this ground is set for a transaction to take place. We don't have to sell because people already believe that what you have to mm-hmm. say in, in offers of value. So when it comes time that they need that, they know who they're going to go to. Right. It's not rocket science. Definitely. You know, and, and one of the things about bringing value is it's not always about yourself. You know, it's about saying, hey, you know, I just read this great book by Joel Calm. Or here's, you know, uh, you need a new vacuum. I know somebody you should talk to. You know, and then you become that trusted person. So then when they want what you sell, whether it's, you know, a product or a service, they'll come back to you. And I think that's where sometimes people get caught up too. I have people that tell me, well, you know, why do you retweet, you know, Mari Smith's articles? Well, Mari Smith knows Facebook and knows it more than any, you know, many other people will ever know. So, you know, I don't have a problem with sharing her information. 
Right. It's good stuff. It's mm-hmm. valuable. Why not? It, resharing and retweeting is a great way to build credibility because it says this person really is, is honed in on quality. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though I might, I might not have discovered this on myself, I want to pay attention to what they're resharing because they're finding gems that I might not have found on my own. Right. Mm-hmm. That's value. You know, and, and, and it's all about, as we were saying at the very start, having those conversations with people, you know, asking them what they do, you know, finding out how you can help them, you know, all of those things. I, I really do come back to your book and, and thinking about who are we surrounded by that are such cool people. And maybe all they do is, you know, one tiny little thing that changes their own world, or maybe it is something that is, you know, something that, that thousands of people benefit from, we need to take the time to find those people around us, whether it's asking them, you know, face to face or doing it on social media. You know, the world's a better place when we get to know more about the, the people around us. It is. And we never know what impact we're going to have. We mm-hmm. have no idea when we drop that pebble in the pond, how far those ripples are going right. to go out. And mm-hmm. there's times in my life where I thought, you know, I was going to make a big noise about something and it just kind of went thud and, uh-huh. and there was no impact. And there's other times that I said or did something that just to this day still reverberates for people. Mm-hmm. And uh, you never know. So I think the important thing is that we put ourselves out there. We take risks, especially as entrepreneurs, trust mm-hmm. the process, trust ourselves, and, and uh, just seek to do good stuff. That's mm-hmm. If you read any of my emails, that's how right. I sign off every mm-hmm. time. Do good stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're doing good stuff, you can't lose, and others can't either. Right, definitely. Well, Joel, tell us how people connect with you. Well, boy, I'm everywhere, but uh, <laughs> the home base is my blog, joeltom.com. But, uh, again, search for me. When you search for me in Google or Bing, you're going to see all my social profiles come up on that page, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, but, you know, my blog is where I'm sharing my most recent thoughts and articles and news and, and products and services and whatever value it is that I can bring. And uh, my podcast is on iTunes. Just look up the Joel Tom Show and you'll see my smiling face. And, and I hope people will give a listen. I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Great. Well, the next time I'm back in Colorado, I will definitely have to see if we can get together for coffee. Um, and, you know, this, this has been so much fun. And, and, but more importantly, we've learned a lot. Um, you know, and, and so I hope people will visit your website, will read your books, you know, whether they want to know about Twitter or AdSense or finding the genius next door. You know, there's, there's a lot of good information out there. So Joel, thank you again for being my guest. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dad. And great to see you. Perfect. Well, everyone, have a fabulous week. Fall has arrived even here in Atlanta. The trees are turning. Um, I know you've had snow out there a couple of times in Colorado. So enjoy this fall weather, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. Here's your problem. 
You haven't been listening to MileHighRadio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.